podcast fam. Today's episode features Scott Costello and Christy Robinson Costello of True North, a strategy and innovation consultancy that helps the most interesting brands integrate data, design, and creativity in order to drive performance. These two bring together years of experience from publishing, business operations, event management, and more to create a powerhouse team that is helping organizations scale up. In today's episode, we talk about what it's like running for office as an independent recognizing when a company has run its course and it's time to let it go, the importance of finding your true north and leaving a legacy, virtually traveling and eating at countries all over the world, having seven revenue streams in your business model, and of course, what kind of podcast would it be without COVID-19 in the discussion? (laughs) Enjoy the episode. You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. That's I was like, I had to together. finish my drink real quick. I was like, oh, no, he's going to put me on the spot. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin. My co-host is Michael D. What's up, man? How are you, man? I'm good. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a happy uh, Gator Beatdown versus Georgia. That just happened. Um, We're recording. What's today's day? Yeah, t- this is November 10th November today. 10th. This releases on November 30th. So we just beat down Georgia. That's good. Um, happy birthday to my mom. That just happened. And, and now here we are going into December. We're 11 twelfths of the way through 2020. 20, did you think you'd ever get here? One month to go, my friends. One. It's the final month. countdown. <laughs> we're so close. We're so close. Uh, well, hey, like now that we're entering the last month of the year, thank you, Jesus, uh, I would like to go ahead and make sure that you guys are getting stocked up for Christmas. You know, this would be a great stocking stuff. It would be right? a great stocking stuff. So we have stuffer. the Gainesville, Florida shirt that we did with Caroline Sinisky, um, a little collaboration there. And we still have some available. Get these for Christmas. This will make a great Christmas present. They're on the website, whoagnv.com. And uh, of course, now that we are getting ready to enter this last month, I want to remind everybody to complete your 2021 budgets, all right? And make sure that the WHOA GNV podcast is part of your plans, y'all. Yeah. Okay? So our team is currently putting together some great sponsorship packages for 2021. Get in front of the local business owners and professionals that listen to our show. We will have a simple and very affordable payment structure with a ton of great benefits. You can email me directly at Colin at repaintthewall.com. That's Colin with C-O-L-L-I-N at repaintthewall.com and I can send you all of the details. Build your business while supporting our show in 2021. I'm, I don't know if I've ever been so excited for a year in my entire life. <laughs> it's like, it's right, it's like right there. So let's go. Are you ready? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Today on the show, we have co-founders and co-CEOs, Scott Costello and Christy Robinson Costello of True North, a trend-setting solutions firm that creates consults, that, excuse me, that creates consults and connects with leaders to help them gain market share and grow their organizations. You guys, welcome to our show. How's it going, Colin? Hey, I'm Mike. Fantastic. <laughs> We got one month left to go, man. <laughs> I've Thank never goodness. been so. Yeah, right. It has been an f- unforgettable year. Yeah. Absolutely. What's been like the most memorable part for you guys in this year? Well, Can you I mean, it with one. Yeah. Um, well, we started uh, True North last September, but really got going this January. So really, it kicked off this year. Um, so this is exactly what you had in mind, right? Right. We planned for this, obviously. <laughs> you know, we got married in December, and both said, you know, we were looking for an unforgettable 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> we'll, we'll be a little more specific for this yeah, year. Right. Time. Yeah. Well, right on. So we really like to start with everybody's story. Kind of take us back. I mean, I want to I hear a little bit about, you know, how you guys met and how you, like, why the hell you would ever want to start a business together. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's a, that's a new marriage, uh, you know, mindset of, oh, like, let's just start a business together. <laughs> she is still smiling, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I've said multiple times, I'm like, man, I really wish Shannon, you know, my wife would work with, work with me in the business. And, 
Yeah, that ain't never gonna happen. I'm. It's not for everybody. Yeah. So yeah. I'm you super, hit me instead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> work wife. <laughs> exactly. Work wife. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, I'm super excited to to hear you know why you guys wanted to create this business together. But but take us back further than that. Tell us a little bit about backgrounds. How you got to Gainesville. You know the story, baby. You want to start, or you want me? Uh, well, you know, I came to Gainesville in 1990. Um, grew up here. Um, went and did my college thing, and um, got my degree here at University of Florida, and then got my culinary degree at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. So I did my shopping thing for a while, traveled, did a bunch of stuff, um, and then landed here back in, in Gainesville to to raise a family. Um, and it really is a, a great place. So. Um, Started working at the hospital at North Florida Regional Medical Center. I was the executive chef and assistant director there, the food and nutritional department, um, and was there for 10 years. And uh, it was a good run. Um, I was also, while I was employed there, uh, the one of the contestants for the Iron Chef competition at Taste, which is actually how we met. Um, so I found out a couple days before the event, uh, one of their chefs had... Uh, <laughs> decided to to say peace out and um and he i don't know i think who was it that reached out it was like a friend of a friend somebody one of your employees yeah one of my former employees um reached out and said hey are you you know up for the challenge i, was I like, know somebody yeah i am so I became the next contestant uh, with a few days' notice and uh, lost uh, first place by two points, which is pretty, pretty. I was pretty happy with myself. Okay, so really uh, quick, tell everybody about the, like what this event is because not everybody knows what Taste of Gainesville is. So we created. I created back in uh, ten 90, years ago. Yeah, um, back in two thousand and nine was when we started it. But twenty ten was the first event. But Taste of Greater Gainesville was a charity event created for and about the children's causes in this community. Um, created an event based on everything that I wanted to see and tried to omit the things that just you know who wants to go to yet another rubber chicken circuit where you sit at the same table for three hours and hear somebody who just it, it was getting dull. And uh, instead of complaining about it, I thought, let's do something based on all the things that I would like to say, you know, through the publications um, in my past life, you know, we were covering 300 events a year. Um, so I thought, okay, I want to base an event around children's causes. I want nonstop action. I want there to be very limited seating for those who need it. Um, and I want it to be all about promoting the best of this community and raising money for kids. And over the 10 years, we raised $700,000, and I, I met the woman who would become my wife. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I moved here in 1990 as well. Um, we're the same age, if you can't tell. Um, <laughs> I came here for school, um, thought I would be here, get a degree in international finance, and, and hit the road to the bigger city. Um, and when I was... In my fourth year of college and out of money, I started applying to brokerage firms. My, my degree was finance, and I thought, you know what, let's see what's out there. Um, I'm, I'm making a lot of money for other people, and um, always knew I wanted to be my own boss, and um, a firm here in town offered me a position, and, and I accepted, um, and have never left. I, I had a four-month interlude living with my dad out in Vegas, uh, and realized that was not where I wanted to be. Um, and just set down my path to, to see what I could do to have an impact in the community, do things that I wanted to do, be my own boss, um, and see if I could get paid based on how hard I worked. And you know, started Advantage Publishing back in 2003, which we had a number of publications. We did the Taste of Grain Gainesville charity event. Um, we did the Fierce Awards and Impact Awards. I think you were a recipient. Uh, um, if I remember correctly. Um, still have that picture up on my wall. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but it, it was a lot of fun, um, and I made the, uh, uh, depending on which side you stand on, either the colossally foolish or tremendous decision to run for office. Um, I will step back before I get there and say that uh, never in the Iron Chef competition at Taste did I ever pick a favorite. It was all about raising money for the charities, making sure all the chefs look good, the restaurants needed to look good, have an ingredient that was challenging, but they really could shine. Um, and, you know, 
talking to Christy three days before the event, knowing she was going up against people who had a year to, to, to practice, um, really amazed me. And I remember thinking at the competition, this woman's got it. Um, she said that she lost by two points. She lost because she was overprepared and our system was screwed up where she did everything that was asked of her on time and turned her food in and it took 15 minutes before the judges could taste all of the ingredients. So by the time they got to her dessert, it was cold. Mm. And had they known, and I got lambasted by all three of our celebrity judges at, at that moment. <laughs> um, so she, she, she shone. Um, a year later, she called me, literally a couple of days before the next year's event, and said, hey, do past chefs get to come to this uh, party? I'm like, yeah, come on. Um, and she was witty and sarcastic and beautiful, and I thought, okay, who is this person again? Um, and from there, we started building a friendship. Um, decided to run for office. Uh, ran as an independent, um, thought that I could challenge the system and make it about the issues and not about who could insult the other one the best. Um, and depending on where you look at it, I either had the largest votes in, in the history of this county for an independent or I got utterly destroyed. Um, <laughs> but there are quite a few life lessons during that. And if you were gonna do that again, would you do it differently? Would you do it at all? Yeah. How much time do you have? <laughs> um, I will not rule out running for office. Um, I will absolutely say I would do it very differently. Okay. Um, but I don't regret. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. Mm. I, I, and the what was majority the biggest the thing you learned? Was what was great. the biggest thing you learned in all that? Uh, people care. Um, and even the people that you feel adamantly oppose you there's common ground to be found. You just have to want to find it. Um, but the majority of people in this community truly care about this community. They just have different priorities. Um, what may be number one on one person's list may be number six on another's. Um, but I found that there is a desperate desire for people to be able to have somebody they can trust who, can, who, will, who will carry the flag for them. Um, and this community, has some tremendous advantages over anywhere else in the country, and this community has some tremendous opportunities that we need to embrace. Uh, and the opportunity to meet people I'd never met, sit down and talk to them about issues that really impacted their lives, and try to see where we could make a difference together, that'll never be forgotten. Was there something that like triggered it for you though? Like this is this is why I'm this is why I'm going and doing it. Yeah, um, you know, Lee Pinkison was our sitting commissioner for 16 years, and he walked in my office one day and showed me who was running for the seat and said, this is what we're gonna face if you don't run. Um, and I was coming out of a, a divorce and called up my friend Christy, who I knew would be very brutally honest with me, and said to her, what do you think? And she- Is she still very brutally honest with you? Very yeah. brutally <laughs> honest with me. Um, and she said, I told you already, don't make any major decisions within two years of your divorce. This is a horrible idea, don't do it. Um, and then called me at 6 a.m. the next morning to tell me all the reasons why she thought I would be great and that I should do it. Um, and I figured if I can win her over, I got a chance at this. Hmm. So um, our friendship led, and the, the ups and downs of the campaign, you're not a candidate on your own. You are, you know, your support system is everything. And some of the things thrown at us, some of the, you know. You've got to have thick skin. You've yeah. got to have oh, thick skin sure. and you've got to be able to stand in the face of things that are absurdly false. That's and, what I learned. And keep your chin How up. How thick my skin is. Um, and the fact that she was not only right there beside me through all of it, but she was the support when I needed to pick me up. And she was a calming influence who very politely would cut me off at the knees when my ego needed to be brought back down to earth. Um, you can do that politely. <laughs> Some, I think. <laughs> we, we were still in the friends and days. Uh, okay. Got it. Um, but no, uh, her being there beside me through it all made me realize that this is somebody that is so much more than a friend to me. Um, and the re relationship just boomed. But we learned we can, we actually thrive together in difficult situations mm -hmm. that, you know, we can poke holes in each other's ideas and it's not personal. We could pick each other up when needed. Um, we've got so many similar skills 
but there's enough differences that we can both complement and supplement each other. Um, and when we started talking after, you know, I took a break after the campaign, um, I was offered a position at the chamber and I was their vice president of marketing communications for a year and, and really got, got an opportunity to catch my breath and, and positively, hopefully positively impact the chamber um, while regrouping. Um, but So was the stuff going on with Advantage because of oh, I the mean, campaign or like, you what, what made, what, I mean, cause you had that for a while. Yeah, Advantage Publish, you know, things run their course. Um, that's probably a great lesson for business owner, for anyone. Um, you've got to be able to be nimble enough to jump at the opportunity, jump at the right opportunity, but you also have to understand things run their course and there is a point to most things where it's time to say, you know what, this has done what it's capable of doing. Um, Advantage Publishing for 17 years was the publishing company in Alachua County. The community magazine, the business magazine, the charity magazine, um, the charity events that we did. But over the course, if you are, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And at some points in time, you've got to be able to make some major decisions so that you can move forward. And Advantage Publishing and our publications were so ingrained in the community and so well known that some of the bad decisions along the way, and every business owner makes decisions that they can learn from that they wish they hadn't made, um, but you can't just hit the reset button. And taking a year away from the company and focusing on the campaign um, really put Advantage Publishing in a position where it was gonna take some major changes to either move forward or try to regroup. And I think we hit that point where it was looking at the overall situation and saying, you know what, I need a break. Um, I needed an opportunity to catch my breath and, and, and say, where do I wanna be in life? And um, for all the great things we were doing, I fell completely off of my my true north course. I lost sight of what I was passionate about and what my purpose was, um, or to quote Simon Sinek, what my why was. Um, and fortunately, um, the chamber gave me an opportunity not only to help them improve, but to find my own passion again and see what it is that I really want in life. Uh, and Christy and I were on similar paths. We both we're doing a lot of good things, but we're not feeling the fulfillment um, or, or living true to our true north. And the more we talked about it and the more we realized this name keeps coming up. This book that we read, True North by Bill George, just really became um, a key moment uh, for us. And we kept, we would go through it every day. That's us, that's us we need to get back and, and find our, our course in life. We need to get back on, on, on course um, and find something that we can have an impact but will fulfill us. Um, and learning through the campaign how well we could work together, especially during adversity, um, and helping each other try to get on course to find our own true north, it really opened the door to the opportunity that we were doing a lot of the things for other people that we needed for ourselves and let's build a brand new company around some of the things that we do very, very well, some of the things we both have been doing over the course of many, many years, and, mm -hmm. and, and hit the ground running. How long did you have Advantage for? 17 years. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, what's, I mean, what was, what were, how are you emotionally with that? Today, fantastic. I, yeah, I mean, um, but when it happened, like, I mean, cause I mean, like I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just thinking, man, like it had to have been super hard to like, it was pretty off close, course. close the doors. Yeah. Just, so I'm reading between the lines a little bit in this conversation, but can we like, what, what exactly did happen with this, with this company? I mean, we shut you, it down. You shut it down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There, there were some offers to purchase it. Um, and quite honestly, you know, we, we built a culture, um, home magazine was our, premier publication, um, we built a culture, our staff were called homies. We were more family than we were coworkers. Um, and there's both good and bad that comes with that, but 
absolutely love, still love people on my team, talk to them all the time. Um, and it needed, it needed something. Um, I could not give, you know, Jerry Painter, um, he and his brother, Jim Painter, owned Painter Masonry for 35 years in town. And when they decided to retire, they had a lot of offers to buy their company. And Jerry Painter said, I can't sell my name. Mm. This company is my name and I can't just sell it to anybody else because that's my name. I need to protect it. And they chose to shut it down instead of selling it. And that resonated with us. We, we listened to the offers. I mean, there was... There were some really bad offers and there were some really good offers. Um, one I won't mention, but it was significant. Um, but at the end of the day, was I doing right by myself? Was I doing right by my staff? And was I doing right by the community? Um, and we talked about it and knew that we weren't done. Um, and once you sell out, once you give up that reputation, once you turn over that name, you'll forever be tied to that name. And whoever takes it over, no matter what they do with it, you're still connected. Um, so we decided we were gonna hit pause um, and see where it went. Were, were the publications gonna become part of the chamber? Were they going to um, stay independent? When I joined the chamber, Eric was very Eric O'Day, um, great man, good friend, um, was very open. He's like, you can keep running the, the company. And you know, trying to run two companies, trying to build a relationship, trying to be involved in the community was, too much. Um, so I knew, and thankfully for, for Christy, she helped me through all of it, but I knew, number one, I need to help my team find new opportunities and hopefully get paid more than even I was paying them. Um, and two, be able to hit that reset button and, and take a break and then see where everything falls and make the decision, where did I want to be when I grow up? Um, and having that incredible partner by your side made it so easy to take your time to make that decision. And, you know, emotionally, your people, if you're a good leader, your people are your family. You love them, you care about them, their well being probably matters more to you than your own. Um, but at some point, if you don't focus a little bit on getting back on course, you're harming the people you love the most. And that gave me the opportunity to do so. I got to take a, a break for six months and really figure it out um, and knew what I wanted to do and knew who I wanted to do it with. And getting to be a part of something brand new, being the minority owner, she's 51% owner. She is the number one on the master. That's the way it should be. Just so. <laughs> she, she should be 100% the owner, but my ego needed a little bit in there. Um, but it, it's, it's so refreshing, it's so Yeah, so why this? Like, why this? Well, we were both at a place that, you know, like you said, we were off course. We were looking at ourselves in the mirror going, all right, there's gotta be more. We've gotta make, you know, we, I, wanna, I wanna leave a legacy. He wants to leave a legacy. What does that look like? And, you know, sometimes you have to regroup and figure that out. Um, you know, once we decided to do that and figured it out, um, you know, we just were, you know, action people. So we're not going to just sit and talk about it and talk about it. We're going to actually do something about it. And when we started it, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool, you know, press send and we submit and then you're official. And um, but we knew that it was going to take some time to kind of build up. And um, so we did. And um, he realized he was at a point where he had to kind of go all in and burn the boat, if you will, um, and just don't look back and, and go forward because that's the only way that it's going to be, you know, you're going to be fully invested. And um, he did that in January um, when he left the chamber, and I did that in June. Um, in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> Sounds so ridiculous now that I say that. Um, but we were at a place that it was, you know, we were able to. And um, and I was just counting, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to get in there and, and, and dive in myself. And, you know, nights and weekends weren't cutting it anymore. And I just, you know, I needed my family. I needed to spend time with my family. And it was like, okay, we've, we've, we can do this. So we did, and we both leapt into it, and here we are. And, and just to be clear for those listening, this is not API 2.0. Um, we've got a product 
that I did previously with Advantage Publishing Guide to Greater Gainesville just really scratched the surface of what it was capable of being. Um, when you look at it over the last five and a half, almost six years, the University of Florida and Chamber approached me about this publication. Um, they were on, two, two distinct members were on my board and came to me and said, we need this, we're gonna do this. Um, and we want you to be the one to do it. And we built, and we all know how fractured at times this community has been, we built a public-private partnership where five of the nine municipalities, the Chamber, UF, Santa Fe College, the hospitals, the airport, all came together and said, we need this, let's do it. Um, and with everything else going on, I never could devote, it was a great product, but it never really accomplished everything that I wanted to. Um, so when we formed this company, at the time that we formed True North in September of last year, we had no idea what True North was gonna be other than the fact that we knew we wanted to be creative, we knew we wanted to connect people, which we've already been doing. We knew we wanted to showcase the best that the community had to offer. And we wanted to help those that kept asking for feedback. Um, here's what we've learned. Here's what you're telling me. Let's come up with a game plan that's a little quirky, a little weird, a little outside the box and help you truly scale up your business by removing the obstacles and understanding where your true north was. Um, we didn't have a product in mind, um, but I always knew I was gonna continue God. Whether I did it as API, whether I did it as the chamber, whether we were gonna do it under True North, that was an existing product that we knew we were gonna keep, but it's just a fraction of who True North really is. And that's really the exciting <clears throat> things, the things that we're doing together that we've created since we jumped all in, and as Christy said, burned the boats. <laughs> it's very exciting what we're doing. And you know, I don't wanna put down you know, 2020 has had an impact on every person. Um, I can look back at it and point to the positives throughout the year and say that it truly is an unforgettable year. Um, that's not to sugarcoat some of the, you know, I spent 10 weeks not being able to work and, um, but I look at it and say, you know what? I got to spend those 10 weeks with my brand new stepsons and help them with their schooling and be intimately involved in their days every single day. And nobody can take that away from me. Um, and the bonds that we built over that period of time really put us, I mean, I can't even count how many years forward um, and helped me understand truly, I do what I do so I can be the best me for my family. And for all the negatives of COVID, it helped me truly understand that and having Christy sometimes with a steel two toed boat boot um, but she got <laughs> kept me in line and helped me Say make sure fast. yeah so, um, <laughs> help me truly understand this is why I do what I do and if I can do this and help others and help this community phenomenal but at the end of the day no matter how much I love what I do I work so I can be the best person at home so you've got 17 years of experience doing this. You run a grueling campaign and something tells you it's time to press the reset button and, and go after something new, right? Yeah. You've got, Christy, 15 years of experience in event management and, and working as a chef. And, and then you start going through this side by side with them. Did you have the same kind of, of peace and need for reset or what was that like for you? Are you ready to, to step away from what you were doing? It's a great question. Um, I definitely am putting a pause on the chefing part of it. Um, chefing brains are very creative. So um, it's an art form. And kind of how you look at it um, with this business, I'm, I'm applying those same skill sets um, to this business. So I'm, I'm the creative, I'm, you know, I'm putting all of the finishing details um, on specifically the publication, some of the events that we're planning on doing. Um, we just came out with an app um, and, you know, so all of the, the details and the creative part of that um, I had a hand in. And um, I loved it. 
I had, you know, free reign to do what I needed to do and wanted to do. I didn't have anybody telling me, no, we can't do that because of this or the other. Um, it felt amazing. And um, I will be at some point doing some chefing stuff on the side and, and picking that back up. But for right now, I'm loving uh, the seat that I'm sitting in. So you so. feel like you got to channel the, the artistic side of it yes. pretty well through this. Do you do you miss it or you just know that like it's it's inevitable that you're gonna go back to it? I cook every day. So <laughs> Okay. I'm not really like completely gone from it. And these guys, I mean, you know, Scott and my two kids and my family, they totally reap the benefits of that. Um, we over the pandemic have um, we kind of did this thing, I don't know some people saw it on social social media, but we did this uh, virtual travel uh, where every weekend we, since we were cooped up at home and weren't doing anything and I was jonesing to travel, uh, we both were, um, we you know decided to do this virtual travel where we would, as a family, pick a country and research, um, my kids would have like a report and a demonstration of, and we would all do some sort of drawing. And so there was like a, you know, a project throughout the week. Um, and then we would come up with a menu and all be in the kitchen together and cooking and then virtually traveling these countries and touring them. And it was just so amazing. It got to the point where my family was like, okay, enough of the social media, I'm coming over. Yep. <laughs> And so it became a thing and we loved it. Um, in fact, last night we we had been talking about doing another one and it just so happened that um, I had all the stuff for, for the things that we needed and we decided to tour England. And so mm. it, that was really, really fun. Wellington <laughs> um, was outrageous. So anyway, it was, <laughs> I'm not, I, it's professionally I'm, pa I'm pausing it, but I'm always cooking and always, you know, and I love to have my family over, my good friends, and you know, just breaking bread and having a glass of wine, and it's that's everything. I eat like a king, and I lost fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so where where is the the best places that you've virtually traveled to? Ooh, um, Argentina, hands down, oh. was probably my favorite. Uh, not only the food was amazing, um, but. I, do you remember what you do? You remember what you cooked for all? Oh of them? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but the so what I liked about Argentina was that it had so many different things. I mean, it's like Napa South with you know mm -hmm. uh, Patagonia Mountains and um, you know the beaches. I mean, a little bit of everything into one. Um, the countryside, chimichurri right? yeah, they had the countryside with the ranches and the, you know, and the, it was just amazing. And I, we couldn't get enough of that. And I'm like, we've got to go. That needs to be our top of the list from, you know, we, we actually learned that we started reordering our top of the list for travels. Um, so Spain it was great was up there too. And Spain oh. was really, re yeah, I loved Spain. Um, we had some really cool recipes, and we saw bullfights, and we saw the Flamingo Championship, and the the walk from the border with France to um, the Holy Walk. Oh yes, that was, yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, Spain and Argentina are definitely on our. This is a fantastic idea. Yeah, it was awesome. That's My really kids cool. loved it. We had people regular. I mean a couple of dozen a week, every week, asking how much money would they have to pay mm -hmm. for us to box up the meal <laughs> and give them the video tours, the YouTube videos on how they can do what we were doing and we should package it and sell yeah. it. And we're like, you know, right now this is our, our oasis, thing. our, our yeah. escape from COVID. That would be like uh, work and I don't wanna make it work. I wanted yeah. it to be fun and something we did together. and. Uh, we just discovered, well, who was it doing it? Google? Was yeah. It Google? Google's it, now it? selling pa virtual packages. I was gonna say, you've got about 20 days hey, to put a patent yeah. on it before this gets released. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Amazon just launched it. Was and, it Amazon? Yeah. yeah. Like so I got taking some major tours of Chicago with Leonardo's Millhopper pizza. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's that's me. To we'll a we'll have to right redo there. our Italy trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, this, it does. It sounds like a ton of fun. What a great like family thing too. Oh it, my god. Because that's one of the things that I've pointed to a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, with COVID, was like, I'm like, man, we have we had more family meals, mm -hmm. you know, in two months time than we did in two years time. Yeah. Because of this, so there's definitely been a lot of 
pluses. I think we just have to be super diligent about like actually like focusing on them and right. looking for them. Right. Because it's just so easy to get lost in in the mess. So that kind of leads me to my next question too. I mean, being involved in the you know True North, this new business. I mean, what is your perspective of the the state of Gainesville, if you will? Um, you know, from just meeting and seeing a lot of these businesses. The city of Gainesville, the greater Gainesville region, define. Yeah, yeah just our just our our area, our surrounding area. I mean, mainly, mainly like not from a political side or anything like that, but mainly from like just businesses trying to get through COVID. So, have you have you been exposed to a lot of businesses that are failing that you know are trying to pit, you know pivot, innovate that kind of thing? And are we going to make it out of this? Yes, you know some yes, some no. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think you know all of the things that we knew about this community before COVID ring true today. Um, we knew that this was a very giving community. Um, we knew that there were some struggles within the community. Um, and they've reared their head during COVID. Um, we knew that the cities of Alachua and High Springs and Newberry and Hawthorne were really pushing the envelope and shifting who they were as a business community within their community. And all of them have major success stories to share during this year because they were nimble and flexible and dealing with what's available instead of trying to hold so much onto what used to be. Um, those are great examples. Um, you know, the chamber uh, and Mary Fox was the ringleader when she was at the chamber and when she announced she was leaving, it was so brilliant, we scooped her up immediately. <laughs> um, but she started the Eat GNV website that has, what, 15,000 followers? Um, and it confirmed what we already knew that people in this community want to take care of their own. People in this community are very, very passionate about food. Mm -hmm. And this was an opportunity to make a difference and, and have a positive impact. Um, and a lot of restaurants will tell you, in spite of having their, their dining rooms closed, there are a number of restaurants that flourished during this time mm -hmm. because they were able to quickly adjust and provide tremendous service and delivery and takeout options. Um, we've yet to really scratch the surface on seeing both the positives and the negatives that are gonna come from The ripple from this. effects, yeah. Um, multiple industries. There were a lot mm -hmm. of things that were dying that this accelerated the process. You know, We did articles for years in, in business about the internet of things and how technology could impact jobs that have become somewhat redundant. And, you know, I feel for every person that lost their job during COVID. Um, from, a, from a personal, from an individual perspective, there's a very, very different narrative than from a business perspective. But there are a number of businesses that are great examples of identifying the changes that needed to be made, made them quickly, and are doing really, really well today. Um, I'm not saying they're doing as well as they did before COVID hit or they're doing better, uh, although there are some, but businesses who were able to adjust, who were willing to think outside of the box and say, what do we need to do today to be the best version of us, considering what the circumstances are in front of us, have been able to pivot and adjust, and the best from them is yet to be seen. Are there a couple examples of businesses that you feel like handled it the best? There are a number of examples of businesses who've done really, really well. Um, you know, one, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out Dragonfly I Station. I was about to say that, it's so funny. You know, I see, since restaurants have reopened, we are there regularly. Um, Hero and Song, in spite of their growth, in spite of their success and their expansion to other markets, this is home base. Um, Hero moved back to Gainesville during all of this. Um, they realized very, very quickly they had to adapt and adjust. Um, and they made delivery and takeout a part of their business in a way that they were able to protect the majority of their staff and do well. 
Now, I haven't seen their numbers. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure if you uh, had a gun to Hero's head, he would be able to point out areas that have not yet come back to where they were. Um, but we had dinner there last week, um, and every table that could be filled was full. Um, they were doing everything right from a social distancing and wearing masks and um, making sure that it was clean and safe. But I gotta tell you, the number of cars that were pulling up to the dedicated takeout lines, getting the food handed to them, turning and leaving, their takeout business was doing outstanding and their kitchen was hopping and people there were having fun and happy in that environment. They're a great example of somebody who knew they needed to make a quick adjustment and a major adjustment and they'll be around for some time and be able to talk about it. Hmm. That's great. Talk to me a little bit about your revenue model for your business. I mean, you guys have this going off the ground now. It's you said it's a a year, a year old. We are a yeah. year September, yeah. Okay, so now we're a year in. You want to um, talk about your seven pods? <laughs> so, okay. I've been listening to podcasts. Um, I do it when I'm running, or just you know in the car when I'm taking the kids to school or picking them up, um, and. I love Tony Robbins, he's one of my faves. And um, I was listening to, I can't remember now who, oh, oh, I can't remember who it was now. But they were talking about how they did, they were talking to a bunch of CEOs and all of these CEOs said, you have to have seven revenue streams of income to be truly successful. Hmm. And I'm like, We've got to have seven. When we got, <laughs> we've got to have seven. So we literally, yeah. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. I mean, financial advisors tell you that all the time. Um, why don't we apply this in our business models? Um, and so we did. We we kept that in mind throughout the entire time. We were, you know, strategizing and building. And um, so, you know, we do. We actually. Do, do we have se- yeah we have seven I think that when we hit seven we're like okay we we, we've made it <laughs> um, you know and it, it really does help because in situations like this we're talking about the pandemic you know one industry may be suffering but all of these other ones may not be and you're you're surviving because of these other ones um, so a lot of businesses have adjusted um, you know because of you know and because they've had to readjust their, their, I don't know how to say it, but they're, they're thinking of different ways to, um, you know, create that income that they've lost. And um, we've, we've managed to do an okay job, you know, maintaining those seven, so. I don't know if you guys have picked up on the fact, but my, my business partner and wife is a type A. Um, <laughs> every bit as ambitious as I am, nowhere in that hour and 45 minute video from Tony Robbins, nowhere in any of his books or emails or podcasts or blogs, when he talks about his seven lines of revenue, does he say, out of the gate, start all seven at once. Yeah, I know. Let's do this, let's do that. But a challenge was issued and because there was no clarity and timeline, Christy said, that's well, it, we, we're doing it. We Let's definitely do it. had a timeline. We, we had a timeline. We had a timeline. Um, no, we're smart people. We're not gonna put ourselves in the hole. But um, we had a vision, I guess is what I want to say, is that we had a vision, we had a, um, we had a goal. And um, we slowly but surely got there. And uh, it's but pretty amazing. To try to answer your question without laying it all out there, um, part of that vision was identifying two things that were very important. How can we do this and, and be successful? And how can we do this and do the best thing by our clients? So, you know, Guide to Greater Gainesville is an annual publication and there is a, okay, we're, we're advertising in this publication and here's the cost and, and that's a revenue stream. Um, the directory, which, you know, is a whole nother podcast probably on its own. Um, but we have always pushed to try to bring together everything Greater Gainesville 
into one and realized we're only scratching the surface. This app, this website, really tries to bring access to every business, the social media, the boards, the on your phone, the on your website, the jobs, the events, the listings, the bringing everything, everything Greater Gainesville together. Um, and that's mm -hmm. an annuitized revenue stream. Um, and the number of businesses, the number of business owners that said, God, did we need this? How do I sign up? Um, that was a success <laughs> right out of the gate. Um, and it's, you know, the whole Sally Field when she won the Oscar, um, they like, like me, me, they really like me. Um, <laughs> it took her 10 years to get to that instant success point. This was something that's been developing for time and the amount of hours, you know, this, this woman up till 2 a.m., up at 5 a.m., I mean, she, that she really, she put her blood, sweat, and tears into this. Um, we created something that has been very positive um, and allows businesses to get that added buzz. And you know, you don't need to go to Yelp. You don't need to go to YouTube. You don't need to go to Google. TripAdvisor or Google. Um, this is everything Greater Gainesville by Greater Gainesville. And the comments and the feedback and the notes and the, the opportunities are all Greater Gainesville based. and mm -hmm. community-based. Um, that's an entirely different revenue stream. The consulting is absolutely and completely different. And each of our consulting clients have very, very different needs. Mm -hmm. And we've got people who use us for a la carte and we've got a business that uses us for their social media management. And we've got another that uses us strictly for, for helping them with strategy and guidance. We've got another that has us doing events and um, you know, every model has a different revenue stream. But at the end of the day, the stream is not quite as important as are we doing what's right by us is it worth it? Are we going to be able to be successful doing it? And are we doing what's right by our clients where it's helping them achieve the goals that they want to achieve? And if we're able to do both, um, whether it's a, I'm paying you monthly, I'm paying you weekly, I'm paying you annually, we're paying a retainer, we're paying a um, you know bill of sale, whatever the structure is, they're all different, but it's based on the product, the service, and the client. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting concept, the seven revenue streams. Isn't it? And the reason, I don't know, like, I, like I, this is what's so great is like, while we're in these conversations, all I'm doing is like really analyzing my own business. <laughs> Say, okay, how many revenue streams do we have? Uh, what revenue streams did we have? You know, and one of the things, like one of the calls that we made, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, maybe a year ago, but it was to eliminate scooter rentals. This was a revenue stream, right? And, but the more I analyzed it, I'm like, man, we spend a lot of time and energy into this area of the business mm -hmm. that's not generating, uh, I mean, it's generating revenue, but in proportion to the rest of the organization, like scooter sales and service, it really wasn't that much. Maybe 10%. Yeah, it was like maybe, maybe. 10, yeah. Which, you know, so I'm, I'm interested, like, how do you know which ones to let go? Like, I, maybe does Tony Robbins have like a percentage? Like if it's doing 10%, hold on to it. <laughs> you know, because you, you think, all right, if I take this time and energy that I was putting into rentals and now I'm putting that into more sales, Mm -hmm. you know, we're gonna be better off because of that. So I was listening to, interesting, interestingly enough, um, uh, a Yelp um, podcast where he was talking, the owner was talking about how during the pandemic they had to shift things and um, they had these rental um, type of, was it, was it Yelp? Uber. Uber, I'm sorry, it was Uber. Um, they had- But the um, Yelp podcast was great too. Yeah, yeah, it was around the same time, that's why I'm saying that. Um, so Uber was um, doing these um, like ride shares, right? So they were doing bikes and, and, and I don't know, all these different um, like cars and different things like that. And so they saw that during the pandemic, 
while people weren't riding in the Ubers anymore, um, in the cars anymore, they were using these uh, ride shares a lot more. And so it kind of took off during the pandemic. Um, and now that's becoming like a huge revenue source. So they didn't, it was kind of like feeding their source, but it wasn't really the main source. And so they recognized that during this time it was, um, you know, huge for them. Um, and then they actually started reevaluate, reevaluating their model where they had all these strategists, you know, looking at their model and saying, okay, build a, you know, a big city where all they are doing, there's no cars, there's no parking lots. Like, what does that look like? And so they're completely changing their whole mindset and adjusting um, to this, you know, new way of thinking. And um, apparently it's doing really, really well. From a philosophical basis, you know, putting my true nap, true North consulting hat on. What was right for you three years ago May not be right was right now. for you for certain reasons. You are not the same person you were three years ago. Your business is not the same business it was three years ago. The environment is not the same environment it was three years ago. It's very important not only to make sure you are the best you so that you're happy and healthy and focused in the right way, but that your business is as well. And whether it's quarterly strategy meetings. We do um, uh, bi-weekly um, brain, cardio. brain cardio meeting where we truly dig deep and dedicate that time to dig deep on our business to make sure that A, we're on track and B, to analyze what has happened since our last meeting mm -hmm. and make the adjustments. And by doing it every two weeks, the small changes are so easy to adapt to if you're catching them while they're small. What was the right decision three years ago may or may not be the right decision today because circumstances have changed. And, you know, if you're dedicating 90% of your time to 10% of your revenue, that's not a great business model. But what you were doing three years ago or four years ago or 10 years ago may be very, very different than what the market dictates and what your skill sets are today. And knowing those and adjusting and making sure as long as you're staying true to your values and staying, staying true to your true north, you need to adjust based on what the environment, whatever you define that environment to be presents and be in a position to say, you know what, I see this, but that's not us. Or here's an opportunity and I've got knowledge on that opportunity. Today, it's the right move for us. We're gonna push forward there. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's part of, you know, your true north is your moral compass. What are you passionate about? What works for you? What works for your people? And what works for your customer? And if you're staying true to that, you adjust as need to be. As long as you're staying true to it, the adjustments are, are ancillary. Okay. I have, well, I mean, I think we got to wrap up a little bit soon. I know we've talked about COVID a lot and and I don't mean this episode, just in general, but as we get into December, everyone's making their final you know, strategy plans or budget plans or overall business plans for 2021. Um, I'll leave this one up to you, Colin, too. You, I mean, you, all, there's a lot of experience at this table. How much do you let, going through the pandemic like we, like we just did, and I'm not necessarily specifically talking about right now, cases are on the rise again, we're getting to colder months, we don't know what that looks like, but just in general, going through the pandemic, how much do you let that affect how you plan for 2021 versus the years of experience you have in running business without a pandemic? So we've actually already strategized for 2021 um, and we have um, a couple of events that we're gonna be doing um, and you know, kind of expanding, um, you know, the, the brand a little bit more into other markets. Um, and we're doing it cautiously. We have a plan A and plan B. Um, and, you know, that way we're prepared for, for either, you know, anything that gets thrown at us. So. We've, we've got expansion plans, um, both vertically and horizontally. Um, Guide will be coming to a, another market in the state of Florida in 2021. Um, our online directory has already started to take shape, which will be another localized version in another market in 2021. Mm -hmm. um, 
of the two events that we are knee deep in planning for, one of them neck deep in planning for, for 2021, there's a really good chance one may not happen. Mm-hmm. So we are preparing for it as if it is going to happen, but we've got a plan B if it doesn't. The other one, no matter what happens over the next few months during flu season, um, looks good to take place. And if it doesn't, we'll be prepared for it. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've got to be more nimble than you've ever been, and you've got to have plan A's and plan B's. Um, when at times it used to be, I'm narrowly focused, I'm moving forward, I'm throwing it all out there and going after it, and I am all in. You can still be all in, but you can be smart about based on the, you know, what are those books that they used to have that we used to do as a kid that, you know, the story would change based on your oh, answer. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. That's life in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> we are choosing our own adventure, but we've got to be prepared that the path that we think we're going on, it may end up very, very differently. That's a prime example. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I've never, I haven't thought about one of those books in I don't know how many years. <laughs> Uh, you start doing good. that on like Netflix now where you can actually like choose your own adventure as you're watching a TV show or something. Oh, you can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've only heard about it. I haven't done it. but Yeah. I know Some of the right kids anymore. ones are. Yeah, they do that. That's crazy. So yeah. do you I mean, I, I feel like there's a, a tendency to either focus too much on the impact that the pandemic has had or almost be, hey, that was 2020. 2021 is going to be different. But but it sounds like you both advocate very much have a plan A, plan B. Yeah, you can ignore is, it. Right. Right. Yeah, you but you re- have to move forward. Do you recall, is that where you're at as you're making your plans for, you have started making your plans for 2021, right? <laughs> <laughs> His whole office is covered in plans right now. Um, yeah, there's little like post-its everywhere. Um, I prepare for the best, but plan for the worst. Mm-hmm. So I'm right? probably like, the opposite. I, like, it's super cliche, I think, right? But like you hear that all the time, but like I, I very much think that's exactly where I'm at. I've I've wrapped a I've wrapped my head around the very worst that could happen, which is go out of business, you know, like like students don't come back in the spring, don't come back till twenty twenty three. Like I don't know, like what's like what's the worst that can happen? I wrap my head around that and say, Okay, well there's not gonna be any students riding scooters, so you know, what's what does that mean? And then I go, What does that mean? What does that mean? And I just keep going further and further and further until I just get to the point where I'm like, Okay, like that's the worst that can happen. Um, and I think once you confront that then you're able to think a little bit more clearly and start to innovate and adjust and and you know that's the thing that we've always been really good at even like even from the day that this thing went down and UF said oh all the kids are going home for two weeks boom I mean we flipped the switch and we were like all right let's go scooter storage right now Mm. start promoting it fast let's get newsletters out let's go and we got we got that income in right and I mean that's the that's what's been key about this team in particular is that we've been able to adjust rapidly well that's the entrepreneurial spirit right I mean having a problem and I think that's fine. I think the hard part is making sure that the team doesn't get burnt out through that sure, process, right? Course. Because now you're li- working with limited amount of team members, and they're taking on they're taking on more workload uh, in order to try to get the team through. And, and yeah, I mean, I think that's the that, that's the challenge there is making sure that everybody stays healthy through the process. Right. You know, like, that's the other thing because you're like, man, like. I was like, if one person gets COVID or two people get COVID, man. <laughs> you know, old stockbrokers like, used to say, bull and bears will ride to victory. Pigs will be led to slaughter. Um, it's kind of like the same thing in planning. You can plan for the best, but prepare for the worst. You can prepare for the best, but plan for the worst. And as long as you're doing both and you're nimble enough to adjust, mm-hmm. Theoretically, you're going to do just fine. Mm-hmm. It's those who bury their head in the sand and say, I'll be okay. Just let's see what happens. Those are the ones that you have to worry about. Yeah, um, that's a dangerous spot to be oh, in. Yeah. There are a lot of businesses in that spot, though. Mm-hmm. And that's either way, I think, right? It's either putting too much stock into it and assuming it's going to be here forever and letting that completely dictate how you make your, your choices, or it's not giving it the, the credence that it probably deserves. Right. Well, it's interesting even talking about the revenue streams, right? Because one of the one of the things that I have said multiple times over the course of the year is that you have all of these businesses that went out and made all of these changes because they were forced to. They had no choice. They absolutely had to make these changes in order to stay in business 
And then when everything comes back, well, now they're still doing those things and they're adding it to the core of what their business was and now they're all making more money. Mm -hmm. So the businesses that get through it are going to, you know, not only get through it, but prevail in a big way. Um, And so I just, I'm super excited for that time to be here (laughs) January of 2021. Like, I don't want to put it off any longer. Like, let's just get back to that point. Uh, so anyway, this has been great, you guys. Um, been thanks, fun. thanks for coming on the show. It goes by fast, doesn't it? It, it does. does. So tell our audience where they can connect with you, where they can follow you, all of that good stuff. Sounds good. You want to take the lead on uh, how to connect? Yeah. How do how do how do they connect with you? Well, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, what so are the I'm, What are the I'm handles? I'm going to give our the plug. website. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, our our <laughs> online directory is directory dot guide to greater gainesville.com oh yeah yeah um or you could just type in guide to greater gainesville.com and click in the big orange button in the top right corner that will take you to our online directory and whether you're on an apple device on a on an android or or doing it on your your computer um you have access to everything the the mobile is just as fluid and and smooth as the website um the publication itself guide to greater gainesville.com as we mentioned but our company True North, which is where the consulting is, where which with where the events will be, um, is truenorthflinc.com. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks again so much for coming. This has been a lot of fun. It's great to see you again. Yeah, you too. And uh, thank you for listening, podcast fam. And please visit whoagnv.com forward slash sponsors to find all of the people that make this podcast possible. We could not do it without them. So please go connect with them. And uh, of course, thank you to our amazing team for their incredible hard work to keep this show going. One month to go, y'all. One month to go. 2021 is right there. You can just see it. You can reach it. Just reach out. It's right there. This is the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. We will see you later. Bye. <laughs>